Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. We got a real cool guest sitting on our couch. It was supposed to snow today. I don't think it snowed, but I don't know. I've been in the fucking office with the blinds closed all day long. No idea what it's like outside. It's true. I don't think you've left that chair I haven't for left the chair. like 10 hours. No, I left from, to, from this chair to the other chair, from this chair to the <laughs> other chair, from one computer to the other computer, from one computer to the, the life of a therapist, eh? The life it's, of it's a fucking therapist. weird, right? Well, hey, everyone. It's Amanda. And uh, I've also spent a lot of time in a chair today. I was just sharing with our guest off mic that today was the day I sent a, a semi-sad email to my clients letting them know I'm taking a little bit of a step back from treating because Mark needs help with all of these screens. And, you know, as some of you may know, we have a very secretive but exciting project that's coming out this year. So we're super busy, still running courses here, bringing in new courses and new educators and, uh, so yeah, I'm going to miss treating a little bit, but it was necessary. So tonight we have Becca on our couch. Becca is a yoga teacher. Becca is a Thai massage practitioner and recently now a registered massage therapist and dedicated to RMTs and a mic listener. So thank you for trekking all the way here from High Park, which is ridiculous, by TTC. How long does it take to get here by bus? It was maybe an hour and a half, an hour and a half about. Not too bad. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Very exciting. I don't know anything about fucking bus routes. I have no idea. I've I've never been a bus goer. I've I lived across the street from my elementary school. I lived within like ten minute walking distance from my high school. And then by the time I finished all that crap, I ended up with a car. And I, I've never been a public transit person. I would have no idea how to get to High Park from here <laughs> via public transit. Consider None. yourself blessed. No, I mean you know it gets you around occasionally. It like like yeah. ruins your life but yeah. it's okay and I'm kind of used to it and I just follow Google Maps I just look up the directions of where I'm going and how to get there and then I try to work backwards we had there. a conversation about this not it was just like a really passing conversation on one of the episodes and I was it one of the episodes maybe or maybe it was just our personal life and Amanda was like <laughs> we were talking about people just sitting there sitting waiting for the bus like standing at the bus stop and you were saying like I would just look at the schedule and just show up right before the bus is supposed to be there and me like a dumb me because I don't know this stuff. I'm like, I don't, there's a schedule. Like, what? Like, I would just end up being the guy that just stands there, just waiting forever for a bus to show well, up. Well, sometimes you have to just stand there because they're not always right on time. But typically, like, I took the bus a lot, especially when I was in high school. And there were three different buses that went by the street that I lived on. So I would just look at the schedules and, you know, figure out like what time I had to leave and try to make it to the stop as close as possible to the bus I needed so to what take. if you do all that and then the fucking you, there's no room for you to get on then what well then, you then that sit sucks there and then you're waiting anyway that's why I said sometimes mm. it's not like Becca said sometimes it ruins your life but it gets you around most Does of it? the time right I think I've already blocked every TTC trip I've ever <laughs> taken but it's okay <laughs> it is what it is it gives me more time to listen to podcasts that's true that's probably how so, she came to find us you <laughs> you know, waiting on the bus gives you time and I think I listened to the rational conversations one when I was on an airplane flying to Costa Rica last year. Oh, yeah? Oh. That was nice. I was like, yeah, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. When you're not when you're not driving, you can get a lot more things done. That's why I don't think I ever really minded the bus, because I would read or I would listen to music or, I don't know, it wasn't that bad. I just don't think I want to sit where a bunch of other people have just sat. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> super fair. Yeah. And very valid. It's probably like a germ... 
a germ situation happening. Like it makes me want to burn my pants when I get home. <laughs> well, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> I've gotten worse probably because of you. But I mean, I always was conscious of that. Like, you know, like I said, I took the bus for years. So when I would come home, those were my outside clothes. So they would come off and I'd put on my, I wouldn't want to like, you know, Get, sit on my bed with bus pants, obviously. Yeah. But um, I've gotten so much worse. My sister is our childcare and she comes over probably four nights a week and watches the kids oh, nice. so we can work. But uh, she doesn't drive. She takes the bus. She doesn't live crazy far, but it takes her probably about 45 minutes to get to us. And um, I had her leave clothes at my place. I have a little like storage at my place for her to leave clothes. So when she comes in, I'm like, bus pants off. And mm. she puts on her new clothes. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. But I think that's Mark in my Good head. Call. Those are bus pants. Yeah, those bus pants. <laughs> Good call. Oh, now Becca's sitting there like, gosh, now they know I'm sitting on their couch with my bus pants. It's all right. There's, oh, probably, no. there's probably been a, a fair bit of bus pants there's on probably been a, yeah, yeah, there's probably been enough bus pants on here. We do microband the hell out of that thing, so we don't do. worry about it. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Well, I did wear, I was wearing a very long winter coat. It's true. So that was that, an awesome uh, coat. It's like a sleeping bag coat. I love it. And it's great. <laughs> So Did you see the coach she walked in? No, but everything. I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah, it's like down, down, midway between your 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 uh, knees long. and your medial and lateral malleola. I had to say it like that. <laughs> Exactly. That's how we look for the coat lengths that we want. <laughs> what uh, what landmark do they go in? And now I can just go up behind somebody and pinch the exact landmark that I want if I need to get their attention. <laughs> I want no, you I'm to just that. kidding. The but. next time you go looking for clothes, just like um, does that. Does that go down as far as my issue tuberosity? Can someone tell me that, please? <laughs> and they'll be like, what? You know, my issue tuberosity? Okay, issue tuberosity. Like, sorry, that only hits the top of my ilium. No, not for me. <laughs> we are such losers. It's a weird top you're wearing. It doesn't go lower exactly. than your xiphoid process. I don't understand what's going on there. What's going on there, fella? <laughs> oh, boy. It's all about landmarks. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for it's, checking uh, out very cool to be welcomed in without having any more than just an email I had sent. Um, <laughs> Your email was and, enticing. Oh, thank Your you so much. Your email was enticing. Your response was amazing. Let's do it. Multiple exclamation marks. Oh, that was Mark. No, that was, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh, they're so cool. So nice. You the know. email came through. I read it. And um, it, when I read it, I said, okay, I'm just going to run this by my, I mean, He's always open to have a discussion about anything, but I always do. If I'm the one that opens the email, I'll run it by him. Hey, you know, this person reached out. This is what they're about. What do you think? And so when he came home that night, I said, hey, this therapist emailed us. You know, she's local. This is some stuff about her. I didn't even finish talking. And he went, yeah, let's book her in. And I was like Sweet. doing something. I was cooking or whatever. And uh, I was like, okay, send her an email back. So I didn't know what he wrote. And then, oh. yeah, that's it. Let's do it. <laughs> Thank <So> you. <laughs> it was so great. It made my Christmas very Aww. happy. <laughs> Well, let's you know, these first days. introduce so you, you and then we'll get into the millions of things that I found very enticing in your email. Sure, I'd love to. Thank you so much. Yeah, so I'm very excited to be here and I'll try not to be too nervous, but it's not anywhere close to as bad as the board exams and I got through that. So <laughs> it's all good. I'm just trying to get more comfortable in my new profession, which I'm so happy to be in. Um I became an RMT last year, finally in November 2021. Woo. I started in January 2020. I did the fast track program in first year at Kikawa College mm. and then um, had about two and a half months of like regular school before the pandemic started in mid-March 2020. So 
That's been interesting. Can share a bit of highlights and lowlights. It must have sucked going through massage school Mm. at that time. I feel like it was so many things. I've tried to think about how to best describe it for myself. I think it was probably really different for everybody. Um, it had, it was just a journey. It had a lot of different phases, at least for me. There were some benefits that I think ended up really helping me with the online school. Um, in a way, it just gave you that break to sort of not have to commute every day and Mm -hmm. give you a chance and I can be a little more introverted. So it really gave me some balance that I wouldn't have had. It would have been so much more fast and not having any breaks, as much breaks if it had been normally. But then of course, you know, who can say how good it is to do massage therapy school online. Um, I kind of kind of burned me out from online school and screens in general. By the end, I was just like, I'm going to toss my laptop out the window. Um, Now I understand why Becca came in here. You know how we usually have the TV on in the background for anyone who listens regularly. She's like, can you guys turn that off? (laughs) No, it's okay. I just feel like I'd be constantly looking and being like, what are they doing? Um, Right. It was more of a distraction. How do do they do hands-on classes via zoom or google class or whatever the fuck they use yeah god bless my how does that school. happen i mean i don't know how anybody got through it at all i mean they had to really kind of adapt in the fly and put everything online um well the so basically for me i can only speak to like my experience at my school but yeah. first year they we had to do that was the longest stretch of all online so first year we had to do most of it online um from about april to in the summer at some point So what they did was they front-loaded all the theory part of first year, and we did all of that at first. And then when we could go back finally in the summer, we then had to do all the practical stuff kind of condensed as well, which became a little bit manic because we were doing all the practical tests that you normally do like a month apart, kind of like one or two a week, Mm. and just kind of recycle like over and over and over. And um, so it was all a bit. Oh, my God. Imagine all... doing OPs like twice a week, like for months. Yes, I, I do know what that's like. <gasps> because Stressful. When I was at CCMH, I, I think I spoke about oh, this. Oh, you we did? Had a class, yeah. And this guy made up this class and it was called Synthesis. And basically, it was an oral practical test that happened every week. You had to it make three, me want to throw up. Your class was you go in there, you do three treatment stems, and then you go home. That was the class. That was the whole fucking class. So you did that every fucking week for the semester. How did you, the introvert, feel about I mean, I guess you, I mean, you're introverted, but you're not shy. Were you okay with that? Was I okay with what? Doing like, tests all the time? Not or doing tests, tests like, bother me. just feeling like someone's watching you, like, watch, because I, people me. get performance anxiety. Like, are you somebody that gets performance anxiety? Oh, that horrible, stress you out? horrible. That was, like, probably one of the biggest things for me to work through doing this, and I knew it was going to be something that I was going to have to just throw yourself in and just figure out how to swim. Um, But I found some things that really helped me eventually. Um, So yeah, like horrible, just as soon as you get nervous at all, just complete shutdown, don't remember anything. Um, But I had tried to do a lot of work on myself before going to school to kind of figure that out because I knew it was kind of a problem. So, <laughs> like, what am I going to do? Okay, so w- um, what what courses, what practical courses did you have during your online time that they threw all the theoretical stuff first? Like, did you have treatment classes during this time? Did you have, like, orthopedic assessments during this time? Did you have remedial? I'm curious because I'm curious what, what do you do in terms of, like, 
the theoretical part for a treatments class other than talking about you know other than going through all of the the anatomy and the pathology and everything else then do you also watch like a treatment that oh takes yeah were place? there like, like any I don't, I don't, I don't, demos I don't, or videos i don't get how that? that goes how does that go it was occasional i think they kind of waited for us to come back in person to really do all of that so we right. would kind of do all the different conditions all the different techniques that are in first year the anatomy yeah was a lot of that all the muscles going through the whole body and everything like that and then um we didn't I mean it it wasn't it was waiting until we got back and when we could finally go back to school in person then we then we kind of started almost like from the beginning of the techniques and the conditions and just okay. doing that in person so you know I don't know it is what it is I mean we all got through it mm-hmm. and thank god you had some sort of a background right because you were already we, had you already done like your yoga training yeah, and all of that yeah. prior, right? That's why you were able to do the advanced program? Well, I don't know. Well, I don't think I was. I, it was just the fast track because oh, I okay. was like, I'm impatient. But anyways, um, <laughs> but yes, I did. I was I was in that way. I feel <clears throat> for me, I was lucky because I had gotten into massage doing Thai massage, which is something I got into in 2017. I did my training in that. And that's how I really fell in love with massage. And it really changed my body and really brought me into kind of a different lifestyle and everything. Um, And I just loved it so much. And so I did my Thai massage training in Toronto in 2017. And then I had been doing that part time while working as a photographer. And then I just it was really organic and nice. And I opened a space, a little space in my home. And I just started doing like exchanges with other practitioners, a lot of holistic people, pay what you can, treatments on friends and things like that. And it looking back, I'm like, wow, it's so crazy because it really gave me three years of just an organic way to get <clears throat> the hands-on experience and get more comfortable with that stuff. And then I did my yoga teacher training in 2019 um, in like October, November. And that also was really great. I feel like it's a great thing to do for home care, um, you know, to kind of get a good feel for stretching and strengthening the muscles and the body and stuff like that. So I had that background. And I also did um, in earlier 2019, I did level one fascial stretch therapy with the Stretch to Win Institute, mm-hmm. which was also really amazing. And I feel I had heard that it goes well with Thai massage. So I thought, this is a great thing. But then one part of my journey to becoming an RMT was that after I did the FST course, I was like, oh, I love this. This was so amazing. I love doing this. And uh, then after I couldn't really get a good job doing it because I wasn't an RMT. So then it left me with kind of like, okay, where do I go from she here? She did like everything back to back. This happened back really to fast. Back to let's, back let's, to back. Let's, let's, let's back this all <laughs> okay, up. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I'm still on school. So let's back this all up. So let's go right from, right from the get-go. You got okay. into Thai massage. Yes. What were you doing before you found Thai massage? So I had been working as a photographer for a lot of years in my twenties. So how did you get into photography? Was this something that mm. that was this something that it was like a hobby? Was this something that you studied? Like how does how does photography become a thing? I think it again, it was a little bit just kind of like an organic thing where I didn't um, you know, get a I didn't go to school for photography. And so I had always been very creative and artistic and I always really loved art and visual art and things like that. And then I ended up um, working for a blog, a women's magazine in the city. And I really just started as kind of like an internship kind of thing where I was doing street style and going to like events and fashion week and kind of capturing people's outfits. And so it was just fun. And I would just walk around the city and you know, go to Kensington Market or wherever. And I was in my early 20s and it was fun. And then it sort of just 
evolved from there. I started getting other clients. I started doing more event photos. And then I would just work for different events, event promoters, PR agencies, nightclubs, brands, different kinds of parties. Um, it was a whole a whole lifetime of that was the first fun. thing <laughs> that caught my eye in her email. She said, you know, talk, talking to, uh, she said, I could talk to you guys about going from nightclub photographer to massage there or something like that. And I was like, nightclub photographer, what? So I, I yeah, I right. wanted to see how this all fit in. So you were like living it up in your 20s, basically being paid to go to parties and take pictures. Yes. This yes, sounds glamorous, but was it really hard or was it as, <laughs> it, was it as fun as it sounds? It's a good, yeah, no, it's a good, it's a good part of it. I mean, yes, I feel like it was lots of fun especially at the beginning. I had a lot of fun. I got to be creative. I got to meet a lot of people. Um, I think, at least for me, it's not something that you can do like forever. Obviously, it's not super sustainable. It's not something you can grow old with. Um, you know, most people, I feel like, just do it in their early 20s or when they're young. Some people are still doing it that I know. And I'm like, damn, that's amazing. But that's just not what how it worked for me. So eventually, I did find the schedule pretty hard working late nights. And then, you know, you can't just go to sleep right after being at an event or a party because your nervous system is all activated and fired up. And so then I was going to bed really late and always around lots of drinking and just were you, you a know, drinker i yeah i feel like i did indulge and have fun is that, with that is that is that is that just part of the gig or is that just something is is that a normal part of the gig i definitely feel like it attracts kind of that lifestyle right. where it, it is it is so a part sorry it is so a part of all of it yeah um and i think for me eventually when i grew out of that i was i realized i think i maybe shot like one event when I what didn't want to drink anymore in right. that way. And I was like, this is I can't do this sober. This sucks. Like, I'm sober and around a bunch of drunk people. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, this is weird. <laughs> does the drinking affect the work? Does it make the work better? Does it make the work worse? Or does it or is it the same? Or does it make it yeah, let's go with that first. Those yeah, that's a really interesting question. I mean I think it's probably different for everybody. I think uh, for me, in a for lot you, of ways, yeah. it made it better because I can have a lot of big introverted, shy side to myself. Right. So at first, it was very overwhelming. And it's kind of funny that I was in a position that I was do even doing that because it's really not a big part of my personality. But it did get me to grow a lot in that way. So at first, I would be like petrified with social anxiety and I would need yeah. to have a drink or two and then it would kind of loosen me up a little bit and then I'd be you know talking to people and laughing and all that fun stuff and I don't think it really affected the quality of the pictures either way because mm -hmm. like I mean I don't know from my perspective now having done it for so long it's not exactly like you're making like you know fantastic works of art it's you're just basically taking those like pictures of people at a party and we've all seen those and it's right, like right, right. kind of just like i don't know i mean there is like an art and a yeah but i can i can also i can also imagine that you get enough sauce in you and you get a little bit more creative yeah and then you get too much sauce in you and then your work becomes shit right? <laughs> and, and, and then, you need to know your limits <laughs> well, the, well, yes, it's, yes. it's not even know your limits but it's knowing where that sweet spot is where mm -hmm. where what is too much because i'm i'm kind of the same i used to play a lot of music and i'm an introvert 
right? Like, so yeah. if you ever, if you ever see, if you ever stand in uh, in our rehearsal space and watch us do our thing, I'm the guy that literally just stands in one spot, plays my song, plays my part, stare at the drummer, going, "The guitar player fucking sucks today." Like, you know what I mean? That type of thing. But then I go on stage. Mm-hmm. And I've got some booze in me, and it's a whole other ball game. Yeah. But then yeah. there's a sweet spot that mm-hmm. if I don't, if I drink way too much, it becomes just a fucking sloppy mess. Yeah. And yeah. then if I don't quite hit it, hit it enough, mm-hmm. then I'm a stiff, right? So we we figured out mm-hmm. with our management at the time, seven is my sweet spot. Anything above seven drinks, then I'm a I'm a sloppy mess. But oh, wow. anything anything uh, kind of less than seven, I, I'm a little bit of these a stiff. days you couldn't even mm-hmm. have two with. These days, these days, forget it. No I, w- I was his beer girl for, girl for a little while when he used to play because, yeah, he could, he probably Aww. should have about, you know, anywhere between five and seven. Dr- I mean, this was over the span of hours of being at these shows, right? But yeah. um, I would be responsible to like go get him yeah, a drink three and bring it the to stage, the side of the like stage. Four while you're on and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but yeah, so, so did so you ever, funny. did you ever get to that, 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 that spot where it's like, I'm just a sloppy mess, and and every every picture has got streaming lights, and everything's blurred. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I could nothing really, is usable. I could make some funny like albums out of this. Yeah, I think actually that reminds me of just looking back when I would be doing the editing. Yeah. often the next day. Um, I, I think I would see a progression throughout the event <laughs> of like as I was drinking more and then by the end sometimes I'd be like oh okay I don't know what I was doing there <laughs> like the last couple of photos were just the weirdest like not usable like why is this the ceiling of, of, of the bottom while I'm lying on the floor of the stall <laughs> yeah yeah I'd what have is- like a weird camera selfie with like me and somebody that I had no memory of meeting and I'm just like awesome. oh I'm like, oh, right. Oh, my God, that person or just like, I mean, nothing, you know, like whatever. But yeah, it's funny to it is funny to kind of look back on all those things. And I mean, I think one time I remember I put my camera on a huge, I guess it would be like a woofer or a speaker that was vibrating so (laughs) heavily. And I didn't notice. I just had to put it down for a second because those things are freaking heavy. heavy, Messed up my biceps tendons Mm -hmm. anyways but um so i put it on this like speaker that was vibrating so much and then within like a second i turned around and it fell on the ground (gasps) and then it i would have some damages sometimes like that where then i'd have to figure out how to shoot the rest of the night and that's like kind of stressful it's like you know you're relying on the technology and um, you're like, oh shoot, and you know it can happen to everybody. People, people knock it out of your. It can happen to everybody if they've been drinking too much at work. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, it's also, no, it's know, also the environment okay. that you're shooting in, right? It's so. a weird job, right? It's like, in what other job is it almost better or acceptable to be? Well, yeah, you're drinking being paid with to everybody. go to parties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of weird in that way. So I mean, you know, it was lots of fun, and it got me a lot of things in life at the time. But then, yeah, it gets to a point where I feel almost like five years went by, and I, it was like a second, and then all of a sudden, I was like, okay, what am I, need I to slow down? What am I doing? So, what is happening so here? So why did you decide, like, from there to? to go into Thai massage first? So over time, I think for many reasons, like everybody's different and I just became kind of predisposed to tension and carrying stress in my body. And also when you're shooting, you're always kind of holding your camera at one in one way and they're quite heavy. And so over time, I got some fascial restrictions 
in certain parts of my body. I had different tendonitis happening in my rotator cuff and um, it just started to really kind of wear me down eventually. And I started to get really exhausted and um, just had like a lot of stress in my life. And so then I ended up going to this place very organically called, uh, it was used to be called Ganja Yoga Studio. It was an amazing, beautiful space that had a great, great thing going in the community. And I think it was just no real higher thought. I just saw it and thought, oh, maybe they can help me. Like, maybe I should go there. And so then one day I just went in when they were doing Thai massage. And then in hindsight, I got so lucky because the person who was available is was such a master at it. His name was John. He was a really kind Irish man who I'm really grateful to have met at that time. So I just basically went in and then he did gave me a Thai massage for probably a good two to three hours. And after it was over, I finally felt refreshed for the first time in a really long time. And I just thought, whoa, what the heck was that? Because I had had other kinds of massage, but this really just spoke to me in it. Um, it's kind of physical and energetic and it's all kinds of things. So I just felt like it really flipped my whole world around. And I was like, that was so cool. It's the same way when, when Mandy... That's what I was going to say to you. ...was in Thailand and some lady gave her a massage. Hey, would you like a massage? And she fell in love with receiving the massage. I'm like, that would not make me want to fucking become a massage therapist. Like, like, like I told Mandy, I've had some good drinks. I suddenly don't want to be a bartender. I've had really good haircuts. It's not like, fuck, I want to be a barber now. So how do you go from like, yeah, that was really good to like, I want to do that. Like, for me, it would be, yeah, that was really good. I want to get that again. Not like I want to be the person doing it. No, that's a really good Good question. And it took it took time, it took some time. So I was getting the massages for most of 2016. And then I took a bit of a hiatus at that time in my life. I went to Costa Rica for three months and I really needed it. And that was like, I think the at that point, like the first and longest break I'd had in like my whole adult life. Were you by yourself? Yeah, I went by myself. Yeah. That's terrifying to me, by the way. If you've heard <laughs> other episodes of you know, people telling me about their travels. Like, mm -hmm. you know, we've had Nikki on a few times. I think somebody else, maybe Christine did like we had a few, we've had a few people on who've decided to just like yeah. take off and go like travel the world. And every time I hear these stories, I'm like, cool. But like, I don't think that I'm gutsy enough to do that and travel alone, especially like in the middle of the fucking jungle. Like I would have been so scared. Oh yeah, you are. So wait, wait, wait. You can wait. do it. What makes it's you safe. what makes you want to do that? What makes you decide Costa Rica is where you want to go? And what makes you decide the amount of time that you're gonna go for? Like how does all this come to because yeah. I'm too fucking, you know, just plain Jane to to figure this shit out. Oh yeah, no. we are so boring. Could... <laughs> we are so boring. What we're doing Aww. right now, Becca, this is what we always do. <laughs> You guys need to just throw a dart at a world map. It's going to land then... on Toronto, by the way. <laughs> no. Because I've rigged it that way. That would be hilarious. I've it rigged it that way. Dart. It just goes right here. Oh, every time. Let me try that again. <laughs> right on my house. <laughs> take, a, take a year off. Oh, that's hilarious. I mean, I guess I am sort of that leaning towards that type of person anyways, where I just sort of maybe go with how I feel and I don't always have a huge plan for things. Um, that's just maybe my own comfort zone in a weird way that may not work for other people. And that's totally okay. fine. That's just where I was at at that point in my life. Um, how it started, it's also, you know, woo woo, however you want to look at it, whatever. But 
because I was still doing the photography at that point, I got this amazing opportunity to go to a yoga retreat place in Costa Rica called Anamaya, mm-hmm. which is now like one of my favorite places in the world. I've gone back there like five times now and I love it. Wow. So I got this at the time when I really needed it. I got this great opportunity to go there basically as an exchange where I got to go for free and take pictures for the yoga retreat. And I had never done anything like that at that point. Um, I had done more. I'd gone to Cuba a bunch of times and other traveling, but and I had been into yoga for a while, but um, never like this. And so it was just such a deeply immersive experience for me. And it was just at a time when I needed it so badly and just that nourishment. Um, and it just really, yeah, just that really kind of like started my trip. So after that, it's a one week, usually the retreats are one week. So I did that. And then I really just did not, I just was like, I, I just don't feel like I can go back home right now. I just don't feel ready. I don't feel well. I feel very burnt out. Um, and so then I changed my flight and then I just basically stayed and I lived really cheaply and I used the money that I had. And, you know, I mean, I guess I just wasn't, I just knew that I had to do this or I have no idea how I'm going to live my life because I was just not in a good place with my with my health. I had my nervous system, I think, was just so fried from the lifestyle I had been living for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just had so much chronic pain from the job and just everything, just the way my body kind of took all of it. At this point, I was like 30. So it had been almost a decade. And um, I had gotten really into bad habits with coffee, um, where which really doesn't work for my system now. Like I'm just, I'm just a, I identify as like a, just a very sensitive person and I wasn't really treating myself that way. So I would, you know, drink at night and then to go to sleep. And then in the morning, I'd drink a whole bunch of coffee to wake me up and I feel like for some people just living that way, it was like the way I live right now. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just no kidding. I don't I don't actually drink to fall asleep. For anybody that's going to like send me letters to teach me how to fall asleep, I don't actually drink to fall asleep. No worries. No, I mean in like no judgment. I mean I know adults like to consume things and but I just had to get really real with myself where I was like my nerve, I just can't do this. Yeah, and caffeine so, does not work for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. It was making me really sick. My digestive system, um, just like so many things, just wasn't sleeping well. And so it, I feel like the first couple of weeks was really just adjusting to the coffee detox and not doing that. And I was in like the worst mood. I was so cranky. People in the town were probably just like, who the hell is this like girl? Like she's here. <laughs> Make what Becca she- <laughs> go home. <laughs> Like, what is she doing? Like, I was just, I would just go to the beach and I don't know. And so then, you know, that was, and then I I ended up, I stayed there long enough where I felt good. And I was there over uh, like New Year's Eve in 2016, 2017. Mm -hmm. So I feel like being there for that shift was an important time in my life where I got to really kind of let go of the past and start the next year with a new energy and a lot of new intentions for myself. And I was like in this amazing volcanic hot springs river by myself and was just like, I have to let go of the things that aren't working in my life anymore. What can I, what can I do that feels better suited for me? Who am I? And then I don't, I don't know why it just really, something just really spoke to me about Thai massage. And I just felt like I just want to do 
a training in that. And and then I came home and I kind of just started my life again in a way. And I still continued to do photography for a couple of years, but then that's when it everything really started to slowly shift towards that. When you're away like this, do friends and family support you or do friends and family think you're a nut job and like, what are you doing with your life? You went from fucking photography, nightlife and, and all the rest of it. In other words, not so much of a real job as far as what the, what the, what the old folks would say, right? Not so much of a real job. And now you're gallivanting in Costa Rica do you know what I'm saying? So our friends and family like supportive, like, yes, go do you, go find yourself, do what you need to do, go get healthy. We understand this is all part of your journey or are, are, are your support system not being supportive? I'm curious because I think my support system would be like, what the fuck is wrong with you, bro? Like, just come home and start dealing with life type of thing. They would be. They, my, my support system would be like my friends and family would be like, you're an idiot. Right. And, and, and if you had a support system that was the, the polar opposite of that, I'm fucking jealous as hell. And I, I want them in, in my life. Aww. Um, I think a bit of both, a bit of column A, a bit of column B. And I think that was something I had to let go of was mm. that, you know, seeing yourself the way other people are seeing you. That was huge. Mm-hmm. And not me not accepting myself. Yeah. Um, I think at first, maybe people were thinking like what the heck is she doing Mm -hmm. but then i think eventually and especially now where it led to me becoming an rmt now it's like totally come around i mean also too at the time i mean a lot of people that you are friends with in that kind of lifestyle it's like i found it kind of hard to have deeper relationships with people because you're only interacting with people Mm -hmm. at nighttime Mm -hmm. when everyone's drinking so I don't really know. I think, I think, yeah, maybe people were just like, what is she doing? I, I don't really know. I just sort of had to kind of cut a lot of cords, I guess, casually. It wasn't even like I had, I don't, yeah. Was that hard to do? Know. When you, when you, when you cut a cord or burn a bridge, is that, is that hard for you? Like, I'll give you an example. If I cut a cord or burn a bridge, I enjoy the moment. <laughs> I really do. I enjoy it. When I burn a bridge, it's because I'm ready to burn that bridge and I'm happy to watch it go up in flames. And I'm happy to know no one's ever going to cross this bridge again. Like, I enjoy those moments. It's see, not for, hard and for see, me. And see, for me, it's different. Like, you if, have a hard if time I, doing this. If I know somebody is not serving me, if I know somebody is not shouldn't be in my life anymore, yeah. I might be aware of that. And I might know that I have to cut that cord. Yeah. But there's still like a mourning period. There's still a grieving process of like they were in my life. And See, I don't feel that way at all. I do. I look at it straight off. If if you're not serving me in in a way that's beneficial to me, and it's actually caused me more stress and anxiety to have you in my life. I don't care if you're family. I don't care if you're a friend. I don't care if you're my pet. You're out of here. My children are a whole other story. That's that's different. no matter what happens, they'll always be around. But other other uh, anyone else that i mentioned i'm i'm fucking okay with it because it takes all of that stress and anxiety off my plate and i'm more than okay with that because i feel way better for it and i don't have to go down that nostalgia road at all it i don't go down there and, I, and even if i did it still wouldn't change my mind no it doesn't have to change your mind but, but i'll I'm still curious. i'll still go and through you don't a have period of, of being like Oh, they, you know, it. it's, it's sad when you have to let people go, but sometimes right. you have to let people go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I want to be mindful that I'm, I feel like, you know, I'm not, I just want to make sure I don't overshare for myself and for you and for the podcast. <laughs> but I had had a year in 2016 where 
I had had so many things happen in my life in a short period of time mm. that really kind of rocket shipped me in the trajectory that I went on. Right. And um, so it just, I mean, it's it was just a lot of different things. Like, so I mean, this just talking about all of that, it kind of is so, comp it can be so complicated and, mm -hmm. you know, we're all still, I mean, you know, we all have our things that kind of, maybe set us on a healing path and that we're still kind of dealing with. And I don't want to put myself in a position where I feel like I'm like pimping out my trauma or whatever. Pimping out weird, my trauma. But... <laughs> <laughs> I, that, I feel like you should like coin that phrase. <laughs> it's a book. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just, you know, anybody who like I've known for most of my life or who knows me like really well or who, knew me then or have known for a really long time that big part of that transformation when i i feel like i almost had just a total change of myself was um one one of the one of it was that partly was that i'd had a really close friend who was really struggling with a lot of mental health stuff um who took her life mm -hmm. and so that was a really big part of that chapter in my life um partly why i just kind of was like I felt like my whole life had just burned down to the ground mm -hmm. and when at the time when she passed away I was in a relationship with some uh, a guy where it was not healthy and that mm -hmm. had kind of been like a big pattern of mine right. and so just to put it very simply um like I go through this horrible loss with a really close friend who I had known for my whole life. So we were, we grew up together and that kind of thing. And then, you know, I was with somebody who I thought was like my partner. I had kind of deceived myself. Mm -hmm. And then it took me the experience of her death and then being with him to, um, in to get like zero support and mm -hmm. just, you know, total horrific treatment in that period where it, I feel like that had been my pattern for a long time of being in relationships like that, like so many people and right. so many women. And so I think one big part of that chapter was just that it, that was like, that was the end of that for mm -hmm. me because I was in so much pain with this death and then being with somebody where it was, it was just a really, violent kind of ending of a lot of things in my life where I was like, I'm never going to do this again to myself because this is, yeah. it was like, I had never really been able to really see the people that I was with for what it was. And I mean, looking back, I'm sure he's not like the worst person in the world. It's just people have their stuff. And he was, he left a bit of a trail of destruction right. as well with uh, partners he had dated. So the whole process that you're describing, though, even recognizing that nothing right now, this things aren't good. And then getting away and going to Costa Rica. And, you know, even when Mark asked, did you have a good support system or did people want you just to come home? And, you know, your whole mix of column A and column B, I think it's, it was, impressive to me that you were able to recognize like no matter what anybody else thinks right now like I know I need to be here and change the trajectory of my life and that part of it like I said I don't maybe it's because you know everybody's journey is different and whatever I can't imagine like I said going by myself somewhere like being in the jungle for three months I think that would scare the shit out of me but obviously mm -hmm. it did really great well, things yeah. for you and making you figure out like 
this is the way you were living was not serving mm-hmm. you and you like changed your entire life like it would <laughs> it might it might freak you the hell out but but uh, there's a good possibility that the alternative is is worse so yes. you can go through potentially that journey of getting freaked out and finding yourself and 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 getting some healing done Mm -hmm. and that's better than the alternative which is static and you know what the outcome is going to be at least with the unknown i'm a little scared but i know it's not going to be the same outcome this is a little off topic but no it makes perfect sense this is a little off topic but it's a little on topic i want to ask you guys an opinion because this just reminded me i was having a conversation with a friend recently about um like circumstances you know like her her current circumstances that she's in right now she's very unhappy Hmm. and so i basically had to have the conversation where i'm like listen i'm gonna say some things that you maybe don't want to hear but like you know i've always just been like okay okay and I, i just felt like i wasn't really being a good friend to say what i'm really thinking and i said you're constantly telling me you're not happy you're stressed this isn't working this isn't working this isn't working you know do you have plans to change any of these things mm-hmm. and her response was the exact opposite of what Mark just said. Her response was like, I know I should, but the fear of the unknown scares me more than staying in this shit because I already know what this shit is. This mm-hmm. shit is predictable. I'm not happy, but then having to jump somewhere else that I don't know if it's going to be worse, I can't do it. And so you just said the exact opposite that you'd take the jump because you know, at least you're getting out of, this mm-hmm. piece because i kind of know where this piece ends it does it's a big circle that doesn't change i know that yeah and if i don't want that then i can't stay here i, I can't if i truly don't want that becca could you see it from both sides could you see a person staying in a situation that they are really unhappy because not knowing the outcome of changing is worse than just staying where they know what's going to happen. Absolutely. I feel like I really related to that because I wasn't happy for a while. So, but it took those kind of big life events to really shake me up. So, mm-hmm. I would say for anybody, I don't know if this answers your question right or not well, but um, that's why I I feel like what happened to me in 2016 was when I started getting the time massage, was it finally started to release things in my body mm-hmm. and release tension. And I feel like something I've noted, been noticing for a while now with chronic pain within myself and people that I've treated as well that I think um, might be worthwhile to try to try to speak to is that I think there's this connection between like being stuck in your life. This is the external environment. You're mm-hmm. stuck physically and then possibly having, you know, maybe stagnant energy or chronic pain or physical mm-hmm. lack of maybe just, I don't know, just some sort of stagnancy or some sort of imbalance with your in your body and your brain and your nervous system. It's like things are just stuck. And so I think when I started getting the Thai massage or whatever it might be for anybody else that kind of starts to wake them up. And I've seen it happen too with, with clients now, which is so so wild and so amazing and I know how hard it is but it's like you get a treatment and then it finally releases something that's been in then been there for maybe years and then all of a sudden it frees something in your nervous system and then all of a sudden you're like okay I'm finally ready now to you know quit this job or right make this change but I feel like it all kind of works together and I don't 
I don't know on it much else. Like, I don't know, have all the answers, but. And no one does. So. <laughs> no one does. No one yeah, does. You've yeah. got the answers so, for you. So I think that why, what we do is so cool with massage therapy because it can, it can really help people in so many ways. And maybe there's a part of her body that she hasn't touched or paid attention to in so long. And that if she got a massage, it's like something, there's just some connection. It's like it wakes things up. It kind of frees, uh, free flows like the backlog of whatever might be stuck there. And then it's like physically you're now, everything's moving and then it becomes almost then impossible to not do the change. It's like then your body and your kind of gut feeling and your intuition and all that stuff starts to then take over. But then it can be like your thoughts, you know, your Mm -hmm. mental thoughts of voices of just like, no, you can't do that what the hell are you doing? This is crazy. And I think that's what maybe takes people a long time, right? Your mm-hmm. soul might know, your gut knows something in you, this like deeper knowing. It's just you have to be connected to that voice and then listen to it and trust. And this I is know where that c- all of this comes in. Thai massage, yoga, Reiki, massage therapy. Like we all know this and we say it, but until I think you have some sort of experience like similar to what you did, the like whole mind body connection thing. I don't think a lot of people really truly understand unless they've had that experience. Like, you know, we all know that, you know, physical health and mental health are like one and the same. They're connected completely. So you know that, you know, you might not feel motivated to exercise, but you know that if you exercise, you're going to not just feel physically better, you're going to feel mentally, you know, like we know all of these things. Mm -hmm. And so, but it's hard, I think, for people to get out of that rut, you know, I feel like shit, therefore, I don't sleep well, therefore, I don't have energy, therefore, I don't eat well, therefore, I don't exercise. And it's just this cycle, right? You have to take care of everything. So, I mean, in your case, it started with physical releases that made you realize like, oh, I've got like an energy again. And like, I'm pumped to start doing things and then Mm. I'm going to become a Thai massage therapist. So where did you do your, you did your training for Thai massage in Toronto? I did. Yeah. At a place called Thai Massage Toronto. Mm -hmm. And uh, they used to be at Bloor and Christie. Now they're just in Mississauga with an amazing woman named Deanna Vila, who is a master teacher. Um, but I kept also going to to see John at um, at Ganji Yoga Studio f- to receive treatments as well. So I had that right. I had that balance, and um, I think, t- but it took a while. Like I was getting the treatments, and then I would go shoot like a sixteen hour day at a wedding or something mm-hmm. like that, and then everything would come back. Right, and then I would I was kind of keep putting out the fires mm-hmm. for a while, mm-hmm. but I wasn't didn't really make the big changes. It still took me. A long time. And, you know, so many people go through stuff like this, right? It's like you cling to the comfort, even though it's harming you, because mm-hmm. you're what you're saying, it's so scary to make a big change. So mm-hmm. I feel like if you can get into your body and then try to just work through whatever, whatever kinds of treatments or whatever might be going on. And then just, you know, be open to the process. And that's why I feel like taking that break. I just feel like there can be such a great benefit in our modern day lives to just taking breaks. And I know it might be hard if you have, you know, a family and things like that. And so I was lucky at the time that I just had me and could just go. But I didn't, I mean, I didn't have the answers. I just finally broke free and gave myself that permission to just like not know just to not know and to figure things out and to just start to finally accept myself for who I was to not go back to harmful patterns or harmful relationships 
And, you know, you have to take back that control for yourself. And, you know, we all have different paths to get where we are. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> and stuff like that. But then one thing that came out of that trip was, which was great for me, was that it became almost an annual thing for a while where I was like, I need to do this not when I'm feeling really bad, but to give back to myself, to keep myself not just in survival mode, but in mm-hmm. thriving. I feel like there's part of chronic pain where just really kind of knocks you down like they say they kind of in certain mental health worlds they call it like the the ladder the nervous system like um you're kind of in survival mode and or you're in freeze or something like that and i think it kind of keeps your brain in survival mode it's like it's so draining you're so tired you're depressed and i think doing finding something that might help you to get to kind of break through those barriers to get up there into I don't sounds kind of cheesy but thriving or whatever like out of survival mode because I feel like when you're when you're stuck in survival mode it can be so hard to Mm -hmm. get out of that I feel like it's yeah it's crazy hard to get out of that we I you know I know I've been there where it's just every single day rolls into the next day and the next day and like it's yeah I've definitely been there where I'm literally just on autopilot in this survival mode and not taking care of myself at all. Mm -hmm. And eventually your body, if, I mean, if you don't recognize it, eventually your body will just say, fuck you, stop. And like, you have no (laughs) choice, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Our bodies sometimes will take over Mm -hmm. and just decide for you. And um, I was still, it's kind of not funny, but it's just like, it was something that I feel like I went through such a journey in massage therapy school with really, applying what I was learning and with the online and the pandemic has sort of helped me to have all that time with like the world had shut down. So there was nothing else happening where I would learn all the different tissue manifestations. And I would kind of think about it and be like, oh, I think I have this here. I think I have this here. And then I would actually get to try to, you know, do some do some techniques on myself and um, try to I went through kind of a lot of that a couple of times during during both years, first year and second year. And so that was kind of cool, which I don't know if the pandemic wasn't happening, if I would have had that same amount of just, you know, just time to yourself. You literally couldn't do anything. (laughs) Not allowed to go out. So I will study. Yeah. Well, I don't know if that's studying, but I will. (laughs) I will. Yeah. Try to figure things out. But I mean, I had had, I think, because I was always bearing the weight of my camera and my right hip and so I had like crazy fascial restrictions um there which was like all constantly just this like thorn in your side like Mm -hmm. with everything and I'd had it like for years and then I think finally just not shooting for a couple of months having that rest that was like really key and then as I'm learning about all these things in first year I just started to treat it and it took it's this was just me. I don't know why, but it took um a couple of sessions of this when I kind of pulled in some of the fascial stretch therapy stuff where I put myself into a really, really deep lateral stretch. So for the lateral fascial line, mm-hmm. I think, um, where I went into this yoga pose on the floor. It's kind of, it's called banana pose or half moon pose, but you're on the floor. Mm-hmm. So you just kind of angle your whole body so you're in like a crescent moon shape. Yep. So I did that to the left side to kind of stretch out the right. And then I put heat on it and I held it for at least probably a good 30 to 45 minutes um, a couple of times. And I could feel it 
finally like slowly 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 starting to release and then like the one of the last times I did it I had like this really deep fascial release where it's like I could feel I was getting to this like really deep knot right in there and then after being in there for maybe 30 minutes or so and like I'm really stretched out I've heard this like almost like this pop I think maybe the tangled fibers kind of just finally like released and it was like this deep like relief in me that I hadn't felt in so long like finally and I was like whoa something just happened okay and then I came out of it really slowly and then took me a couple days felt tender and all that stuff and then after it healed like I never felt it again because I never I I wasn't going back to shooting either so my Mm -hmm. body was getting that break to finally not go back to the things that are causing the mm-hmm. the things and all that stuff. So that was one of one of many kind of like having that time to do that and then be like, whoa, okay. And then, you know, just realizing the cycle of like the chronic pain, the exhaustion, the dehydration of the tissue, just all these things kind of feeding into each other and learning about that in school and applying it to myself and being like, whoa, I think this is like definitely what's been what's been happening and so how does your body feel today like now after you've been out of school since sorry you said uh end of last year um so we graduated in at the beginning of august okay of last year i did my board exams in um in september and october and then i became an rmt in november of last okay. year so so how does your body feel now um yeah i would say it definitely feels uh, mostly better, for sure. I definitely feel very different than when I was in school. Um, it really kind of by the end, you know, it gets kind of crazy. So it really pushed me. Um, like with everybody, it just kind of pushes you to your to your limits. So I definitely kind of was in a bit of a state by the end. And then I think too with the with the pandemic, it kind of brought brings you into doing school. Then it just brings you into kind of almost like back into survival mode in a way because of the constant the restrictions and changing and you know the people running our my school they were just trying to keep up and you can come to class no you can't you can come now no you can't (laughs) was 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 the pandemic hard on you like going from chaotic lifestyle to recognizing this lifestyle is not good for me and it's chaotic and i gotta figure my shit out to figuring yourself out to now going to massage school to like, I'm going to get my career going too now. And now I got a fucking global pandemic where I'm again by myself. I'm, I, I'm, I'm by myself again. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it, 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 it's, was that hard on you? I mean, I think just like trying to kind of balance the pros and cons. I mean, yeah, I think certain things about it worked for me. I had other moments where it drove me crazy. I went, um, you know, a really long time not doing any anatomy palpation on another student or person or right. doing any practical or anything like that. Um, I think looking back, it's kind of funny because I maybe have like just tried to forget about a lot of it. But for most of it, when the pandemic started, we um, were always given our schedule at two week blocks because you know how normally at the beginning of the year you're given like your whole, uh, the whole year, the whole semester, whatever. And so we often had, we were only given two weeks in advance of 
tests and, and everything like that. So it was just really hard to ever know what was going to be happening to plan ahead and um, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I think too, and just having these experiences and then it helps you to relate to other people try to, you know, uh, with have pain and stuff like that. But um, in, right, right before I sort of left, I guess, my last full-time summer as a photographer was in 2019. And I knew that I think at that point I started to sort of know that this was it. This was my last year. I'm going to go to massage therapy school um, next year, obviously not knowing anything else that was going to happen. But I sort of worked myself a little bit too hard. And then by the end of the summer, my body was pretty depleted and one of my last events of the summer was I was on one of those big party boats that go out in the lake. Mm-hmm. And so this uh, company had rented it for like a corporate summer party with a couple hundred people or whatever on this big boat. So I was like hired there to take pictures. And then at some point in the night, my body's tired. I pull up, I, I pick up my heavy camera and then it kind of tweaks Something happened where I must have been either my left rhomboid or part of my left lat in kind of the mid back area. And um, something it like pulled, it, like I pulled a muscle and then it kind of affected all the joints around there. So in the vertebrae and the ribs and all those, all that area. And so then I'm just kind of stuck on this boat and had to kind of keep trying to work or not or just try to get through the rest of the night because I couldn't really leave. So I think that was part of where I was like, my body was just like, I'm just, I'm just done with this. I'm done. And so then I went and did my yoga teacher training, even though I really should have been taking a little more seriously and resting, but I really wanted to do that as like a do career kind of thing. So then I went to Costa Rica back for my yoga teacher training in late 2019, which was cool. Um, But then I did have this kind of situation where it was like I didn't want to face it because I feel like it gave me negative associations with what wasn't working for me in like those previous chapters. And I think that also might be a thing that might contribute to people kind of living with chronic pain or certain things like that, you know, but I wasn't fully aware of it at the time. Um, so then I just sort of wanted to just carry on with my life, let it go. But it was kind of this thing that kept kind of, you know, like calling out and I just like wasn't ready to deal with it. Cause I just kept thinking it would go away, hoping it would go so away. So you keep feeling this nagging back pain mm-hmm. and you just thought eventually it would heal itself. But yeah through going to school or whatever it was, you yeah. learned that there was something you had to deal with to actually not physically feel pain anymore. Yeah. So I remember it was in second year, I think, and we were getting to rib subluxation um, in the unit, something like that. And then something in me just like clicked. And I was like, I was like, I think some something must be going on. Something's happening. And so then I found a chiropractor, went to my talk, talked to my doctor and went to a chiropractor. And then um, he kind of did really great treatment and assessment. And I got to learn so much about that. And since then, I've encountered some people who've had similar kinds of things where I'm like, oh, you maybe need to go to a chiropractor or something like that. Mm-hmm. Because I was getting massage at school. And it kept coming back. So then I felt like I was like, something must be going on like structurally, Mm -hmm. something deeper. And so then he just was able to see that there was 
um, something had happened and it there was basically just like no movement in this little kind of dead zone area with like the costo vertebral joints and um, all the names of them, which I don't feel like saying right now. <laughs> but just there was just sort of this area where there was like a little bit of muscle atrophy and it just wasn't moving at all. Like when I'm breathing, there's always, you know, these little subtle movements and all those joints. And it was like they were just completely stuck, like completely, completely no movement at all. Um, and like a lot of pain when he would try to kind of press into it. So then he was talking to me about it. He was like, how long has this been going on for? And then, you know, he was like, well, this is, you know, pretty chronic at this point. So we can try to do adjustments, but it might take a couple sessions. Um, but all throughout this, I've been doing regular yoga. So that was, I think, thank God, looking back, it really kept everything else kind of limber. So before I went to go see him, for like the big adjustment, I went into an infrared sauna and I uh, sat in there to try to warm it up because I knew it had been there for a while. And I was just telling myself like, it's going to move, it's going to move, it's going to move and stuff like that really warmed up the area. Um, and then he, you know, did an adjustment. It was like the juiciest relief I've ever felt in my life. And it was like suddenly better than the banana. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. No, they're all they're all, they're all great. <laughs> but and he he was, I think, a little bit surprised that it kind of all clicked in and was moving. And he was like, whoa, like yoga helps or something. <laughs> so it was just I was, um, you know, a lot of different kinds of things, big experience, but it was so I had so much relief. And then finally, you know, this kind of nagging thing from my past was finally gone. And I just it was just a crazy healing process, you know, a couple of days of like it was really tender. Mm -hmm. And it was almost like I was just learning how to move again without the pain, without the restriction, because you kind of just it's almost like you unconsciously adapt over yeah, time. Yeah, you get used to it. You got used to it. I was using my right arm for everything. People don't even know how much pain they're in until they're out of pain, right? You don't even yeah. recognize it until you're like, oh, this is how I could have been feeling the whole time. Um, and I've said this before too. That's why when people say ridiculous things to me, like, well, I heard if you go to a chiropractor, you get addicted. I'm like, no, no, you just figure out what normal feels like. And so you want your body to be there, right? It's not an addiction. I mean, I guess it could be Is it an addiction to feeling good. Is, is that an addiction? I don't think so. No, no idea. You have no idea because you don't go. No, you're right at all. <laughs> so after all this healing, Becca, you're now a therapist, a new therapist, mm -hmm. which means you've got like your whole massage therapy career ahead of you. What are you envisioning for this? You're a new therapist that walks with a whole bunch of knowledge. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, it's like you're not a new therapist. Like you can take some kid that 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 went straight out of high school into massage school, might have been a ninety student, knows everything about anything massage, you know, on a roll, valedictorian, but they're not rolling in with the same shit you're rolling in. Do you see what I'm saying? It's like you've got the experience even though you're you're new. I love it. Oh, thank you. Well, we all have our, you know, own kind of lived experiences and life experience that gets us there but it just feels good to be an RMT now at that next kind of step in my journey and over time I'd love to be able to try to connect with more people who have chronic pain um, or fibromyalgia and also other therapists who treat people that have those things and then maybe there's good learnings we can share with each other and talk well, we didn't about even it. we didn't even mention that you were officially diagnosed with fibromyalgia right 
Yes, I have been. Yeah. 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 But that, but I feel like I sort of knew it without Mm -hmm. getting an official diagnosis. So I've maybe had a bit of a different journey with that as well as a lot of people, because I think there's so much that need that hopefully can be done in that world in healthcare, especially in like the Western medical system, because I don't blame anybody for it. And I have an amazing doctor, but I find with the specialist that they send you to, I didn't really get anything. I just sort of got a diagnosis and then I didn't, I don't know. And you have to wait for, you know, eight months, whatever to get, to get one. Um, And then there just isn't much. So I'm just really glad that I had already kind of taken matters into my own hands holistically Mm -hmm. and in ways that felt right for me. And I feel like over time, I've really brought myself into a much better place with that. And there is still obviously ups and downs. Um, I was recently looking for work at a clinic, which um, to start that off, which kind of was overwhelming or if there's like huge like life stresses or board exams or just anything, it's kind of you have to go into like full on kind of like, okay, how am I going to keep myself going here? But I mean, I think in a lot of ways, it's really taught me a lot about my body and how to listen to my body. And I think I wasn't really doing that very well before. And for everybody that might not lead to chronic pain, but that's just what it how it showed up for me. So I think there's just a lot of different aspects to it. Your experiences are going to help you with your patients, right? Like as you're working with. And so I just wanted to point out because we hadn't actually said it that yes, you've said a couple times you have chronic pain, but you officially were diagnosed with fibromyalgia. So I think that, you know, your experiences, although yes, they're personal to you, everyone's different, everyone's body's going to present things differently. But I think it'll give you, you know, a deeper understanding for when people come to you and they're dealing a, with a chronic pain and they're, you know, they're being told by medical professionals that like, oh, it's all in your head. Just I've in had general, that, right? I've had people come to me and say, you know, I'm being told it's psychological. Just in general, the the life experience, like we, we were, we were in someone's clinic up north and she was, she became a massage therapist a little bit later in life. And she was saying that she feels that someone who's kind of young, but she meant young in meaning you don't have much life experience. Yeah. But she did say it as like a chronological age thing. But she was kind of implying that, well, the lack of life experience really hinders your ability to to be a really good therapist. And I was going to ask you about that. Like, what do you guys think about that idea? And then also, do you think exposure to all different types of, for lack of a better way of saying it, alternative therapies is something that all therapists should really have? And I'm not saying like, you know, I need to be a person that promotes Reiki, but I should at least have a better understanding, maybe have experienced it and blah, blah, blah. I'll tell you what, because I'm listening to you guys talk right now. And I'm like, I know a handful of therapists that would be like, I don't fucking care about this. This is bullshit. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like that type of thing. Like, you know, the 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 energy and all that. Like, as soon as they hear the word energy, like, oh, I don't want to fucking hear it. I don't want to fucking hear it. Right? They got some trapped energy that used to but, be dealt with. <laughs> but I think, well, yeah, listening to the conversation made me think that. But and I might have been in that camp, like you know, four years ago. And just from having people on our couch, just from hearing other people's experiences and seeing how 
how they've explored all these other things. And they and now they have a wealth of knowledge in all these other areas, not just this massage therapy thing. It makes you a fucking fabulous therapist with the ability to relate to a whole bunch of fucking people differently than someone that just has like the, the book smarts and the technical skills. Well, we know that this is a profession that isn't all about book smarts and technical skills. Do I think that it's beneficial and do I think that it, you know, will make Becca a really great massage therapist? Of course I do. Okay. But again, this this profession is once again uh, the type of work that we do. There's just we're as different as humans are different, okay. right? So there's going to be therapists who don't need any other type of knowledge of any other type of holistic therapies because the people they work with are people that. But you don't think that they should? Okay. Go. Do I think they would benefit from it? Yes. I'm like, for saying, example, do like, I think it I've, needs to be a requirement? No. Like for example, I know about K taping. I've done K taping before. Someone else that doesn't know anything about K taping, they can't even identify when a person might benefit from K taping. No, I definitely right? think for, it's all. That's what I'm saying. It's all beneficial. So, and the thing is, there's just so many different modalities, so many it. different types of therapies, so many different types of practitioners. The more exposure you have, the better for sure. Like I feel like even in even in these like four years, or what season are we in? Five, know, five four years of doing this that. podcast. I feel like I've learned more in these four years than in my entire eleven years of practice because I'm meeting people who are exposing me to things that I didn't know anything about. You know, in the last few years, I've learned what matrix repatterning is. I've really learned to understand Reiki. I've learned about um, you know, different types of technology. I didn't I don't even think I really fully understood what shockwave therapy was before I start. You know, I've I've met so many different people who've been able to open my eyes to broader types of therapy. So is it beneficial? 100%. I get what you're saying. And I think it, it would be great if a lot of people tried to have a lot more open-mindedness of like learning about things that they may not be interested in. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I think it's good to kind of for people to just be who they are and give themselves that permission and maybe get really good at like their niche. But maybe just to have to see that everything is valid. So maybe say somebody who is in the more technical clinical sports world might look at me and some of the things that I do and might see it as not valid, but it might just not be valid for the people that have the issues that they treat. Maybe or it might be and they just don't know yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's yeah you so never annoying. know. And like maybe they'll meet somebody one day that has certain things where they would think, oh, maybe you might benefit from a more holistic exactly. time massage. Because like, to me, like the most interesting cats that ever been on our couch are the, are, are the cats that go from one extreme to the other extreme. I, I just keep like, thinking of Mikey. Mikey Alphabet. Mikey Alphabet. He's man. the perfect example. <laughs> he's like a, he's like a, he's like a, he's like a massage therapist. He's he's an athletic therapist. He's a sport massage therapist. So he's got that all that fucking you know evidence technical shit. And then way over on the other side, he he's like way into energy work and Reiki. Like he's he's and Matrix. A, a, he does and all Sandy's of the same idea. Like yeah. these cats yeah. are like all, they're like they embrace like from one fucking end to the other end. And I'm like. That's fucking fabulous. It is really cool. Yeah. If people can have that balance and maybe even just do it to heal yourself, mm -hmm. just do it to be like, I'm just going to explore this for myself and see. And I think what you said about it not being how sometimes this whole kind of concept of it being all in your head. Is it okay if I speak to that yeah. for a minute with the whole kind of chronic pain world? So I think something I've been noticing the past while and being in different uh, chronic pain and fibromyalgia Facebook groups, it's so interesting because I think there's just is so much more that 
hopefully can be done with what we call it, what we think about it, how it's treated, what it is, because I mean, it just means muscle pain, the word fibromyalgia, but it's so much more than that. And I'm starting to realize more and more how it's so different for everybody. And it blows my mind because I'm like, this is wild. Like some people have symptoms that I've never had that I could never even imagine having. Everyone seems to have such different symptoms. There's threads I've read where people are being like, what are your worst symptoms? And then it's like, everyone is just completely different. And you read it and you're like, how can this all be one condition or one disorder? It's like when you're told you have IBS. Yeah. yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. That means... That means I have tummy twobbles. Like, it, it, what does that mean, right? <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> tummy twobbles. <laughs> tata, tata, putty tata. I mean, I, I have a lot of patients, too, who say, mm-hmm. I have IBS. Mm-hmm. And I will ask them, just as when I have a patient who comes in and puts fibromyalgia on their health history or chronic pain or whatever they put, mm-hmm. I want to know what that means for them. Because as you said, it means something completely different. Yeah. So when someone says, I have IBS, explain that to me. For some, that's, you know, cycling between like diarrhea and constipation. For some, that's like, you know, certain things trigger them and it's, I have to go now. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, it's urgency, right? There's yeah. all these different things. And so these blanket terms like fibromyalgia, which as you said, it's muscle pain or yeah. IBS, irritable bowels, like all of those things really just mean something is happening within your body. We don't necessarily have a physiological explanation for it, but you meet enough criteria, you get enough check marks that we can tell you this is what you have because I guess humans need a label. Yeah. And it doesn't really, it kind of like it starts and stops there in the some of parts of the healthcare world. And I think it would be more helpful to almost try to break down people's symptoms because it's almost like just having all these different disorders all in one. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people with chronic pain and fibro stuff have digestive issues and IBS, but it's always so different. I've had that as well. I've found um, taking collagen really, really helpful. Just they say that it just helps heal your gut lining and there That's might be working for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, different, th- different supplements you can try, right? I think you have to try to be just really curious about it and try to almost just break things down symptom by symptom and then just see what can work. Just, I mean, be open to trying new things, trying different things and seeing if it helps you. Not everything is going to work for everybody. Yeah not um, being discouraged when they're kind of just like, we don't have anything for you. Here's some like medication or which obviously is a huge part of it as well. I don't want to poo poo on that too much because that can also be extremely helpful for people. But I'm so happy you said poo poo after we talked about IBS. (laughs) 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 Tip your weight stuff. Be here all week. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Medication can be very important for some people, but I, I see what you're saying. You know, it can't just be that if you have this, this is what we give you. If you have this, this is what we give you. Yeah. It's it, you have to look at the whole person. And you know, you had brought up, you know, speaking to me saying it's all in your head. The reason I had mentioned that is a lot of the people that I've dealt with who who suffer with chronic pain. It, it it might be that the intent of the practitioners was not this, but the impact came out as these people come to me thinking like I'm crazy. You know, like I'm, I'm Mm. obviously going, there's nothing wrong with me. Well, pain is a symptom. There is something, there is something. Yeah. And even if the answer, you know, just to put it in a crude way is it's all in your head. Even if it is a mental health thing, there's still something that's still a symptom. That's still an illness that's somewhere. And 
instead of, you know, maybe a doctor saying, you know, it's, it's all in your head or whatever, it's, you know, we just haven't, we haven't figured it out yet, but there's something there. You're not, you don't wake mm-hmm. up in pain yeah. because there's nothing wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think this all in your head thing is just too simplified. It's, yes. it's in your, it's in your brain, it's in your body, it's in your nervous system. It's in maybe it's things in your life that aren't working for you that you're not listening to. I feel almost like it's like your body really knows your brain just has to listen. And if mm-hmm. something, if you're in pain, maybe it's that you're not listening to something that in your life is making you sick. You're missing you don't have something. healthy boundaries. Yeah. yeah you're something your body's trying to tell you something. Um, and you know, that that's the journey that, that we're on and just try not to give up. I would, you know, just try not to give up on yourself and try different things. Um, I, I feel like I do. I feel like I have different practices that I definitely would say, especially a couple of years ago when I was kind of in a different place, I feel like having a home restorative yoga practice Mm -hmm. really, really helped me. Um, Just having all the props and I just keep it set up all the time. Good. And I can just go there and I would do sometimes, you know, two, three hours of restorative yoga. And then afterwards, I would just be like, okay, I can. I know there's something <laughs> wrong with me because three times I attempted to go to a restorative yoga class. I left there like, oh, no. oh I hate it. Oh, no. <laughs> restorative yoga, because Mark's looking at me. He doesn't do, he doesn't do yoga. No idea. Practicing restorative yoga is actually very difficult because okay. it's actually requiring you to be still. Mm-hmm. It's requiring, like, you don't realize how hard it is to actually, well, you would because you're never still, but how hard it is to actually really be still and actually really just like be inside your body. I I, I really did give it the good old college try. I went three That's times. Okay. And the third time I was like, I can't fucking do this. Yeah, yeah. And the instructor even That's said fair. to me, like, it, you know, it is hard. And I see your, and I was like, yeah, I can't do this. There's like little to no movement in the entire practice. No, mm. it's yeah, you hold certain restful postures with props for like 20 minutes or more or less. Yeah. And I mean, maybe if, yeah, if, if you're not having fatigue or things like that, it might not work. I, I, I do. think I probably do need it because I, my brain was going a mile a minute. That was the problem. I was like, come on, come on, come on. Like, is this, right. Yeah. So can I suggest <laughs> to you, calm the hell down? <laughs> I can relate to that way to being like that too, for sure. And I feel like what has helped me is say, like, I'll take a little bit of edibles. I find indica edibles really helpful um, to just kind of bring you down. Yeah. Um, I would, it would be so interesting if they did research studies with people with chronic pain and microdosing on psilocybin. Um, that's kind of like a whole new leading frontier um, me. with mental health and mm-hmm. neuroscience. And I, I can, I can definitely attest to that as well. We did a podcast with Field Trip Health. They do a lot of work with ketamine and psilocybin. With who? Sorry, uh, the, com- the company's Health. called oh, Field Trip right. Health. Yeah, is it is it out yet? Yeah, or is it- yeah that okay. that was out. Oh, maybe we'll a give you the ago. link after okay. this. <laughs> I need to. Yeah, no, I definitely will listen to that. I think yeah. I've heard of Field Trip. I think I've seen them. I've seen them on Instagram. So yeah, yeah. yeah this is a whole new frontier, right? I really see, and hopefully, with- I was going to ask you this too. I was going to ask you: Have you ever done like an ayahuasca retreat? I have not done that. Would you? Um, would you want to? Possibly someday. I feel like I've done more kind of gentle, subtle things like microdosing, psilocybin. I feel like that is sort of like it's, you know, pretty intense. And um, I just haven't, I guess, gotten there yet or felt called to. I feel like you're often you kind of are up all night. And I feel like 
I don't know if I want to like no, miss you. a whole night of sleep. Plus, uh, you'd rather you rather you rather like do crack. controlled microdosing with a doctor versus being in a jungle somewhere in Colombia with yeah, I get it. Yeah, get fair it. enough. No, but I know a lot of people where I'm sure if you want to do it, it's amazing. I've gone to some psychedelic medicine conferences where right. they've talked about all these different things: ayahuasca, iboga, cambo, all these right, right, right. things, and it's very cool. And I definitely believe in the healing powers of it. Um, I find CBD oil really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, I find at this point now, it's like I've for, it's going to be different for everybody. But if you feel like a flare up is coming on, or if you have a stressful life event, or if you know you might need it, it can be good to say plan out what are your sort of go to things where you don't have to think about it too much and it's just there for you when you need it and then get it all have it all always kind of there good to go as much as you can so mm-hmm. um for example like how you're saying your friend has a float studio so something like that i find really just if i if i can tell my nervous system is like going crazy and i want to stop it in its tracks and i try to be mindful it's not always no one's perfect but i try to just sort of not let it get out of hand kind of thing and so, so go for would, a float <laughs> yeah 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 and so i would go do that or have like my list of things um that you can go to are you telling me the non-planner is planning <laughs> <laughs> i guess i yeah, i have i have some plans sometimes this this was a really interesting i like i did you know i didn't really know where it was going to go but you've had a very interesting journey into massage therapy from photographer to Thai massage to yoga. I feel like people that become dentists don't. I just I don't feel like these types of journeys are land you in dentistry. Do you know what I mean? I feel like this is like such a such a massage body work type of thing. Do you know what I mean? Such such an interesting fucking people, an eclectic group of people. You meet everybody from like every different possible path in life, and we all end up here touching other people's bodies. Is there anything else that you wanted to mention before we wrap up, Becca? For anyone listening, by the way, she's so adorable. She brought in <laughs> notes in case she got nervous. So she's looking through her notes. Do we talk about all the good stuff? <laughs> no, it's just, I feel like I have no, don't even know what I would talk about if I didn't have at least some. And it just like helped me over time to kind of like organize my thoughts and not, I mean, I know this is casual and whatever, but, um, you know, just something little just for like digestive stuff I found really helpful is just trying to avoid cold water or ice and just yeah. drinking warm water, hot water, especially in the morning. Something about that is really, I guess, harsh on your... Cold water is very harsh. If anybody didn't know that, you should. the first thing you drink in the morning shouldn't be cold. It should be room temperature water. Definitely. It's just too much of a shock to your your body first thing. So yeah, I like cold water. It's been really hard for me to make that switch. But I do try in the morning when I get up, like if I'm taking my supplements, my first glass of water in the morning is warm water. But I really want the cold stuff, not gonna lie. Mm, yeah it, t- it just like takes time to to get used to it just to get used um, to it i think no you guys have been very generous with your time a recent book that i came across that i feel like i haven't finished it yet but it she seems really amazing her name is dr rachel zoffness and she's a leading pain researcher and she wrote a book called um pain man the pain management workbook i've been listening to her do a lot of her interviews on youtube um so she's she, i think what she's doing is is really great um and I think just, you know, giving yourself permission to try to be yourself. Mm-hmm. And as hard as that might be, perhaps there are things in your life that are not right for you and you're suppressing that. 
And then I think that can be another cause of chronic pain. And, um, you know, I wish I had made some decisions in my life sooner, but that's okay. Can only move forward and just try to be curious, try lots of things, um, connect with other people, but know that, I mean, not everyone's journey is so different. I mean, I think it's a weird condition because the reasons that um, get people to have it are all so different. You know, it's not like diabetes or things where it's like a little more linear. It's like, there's so much more that needs to be explored. Like, People can have car accidents or, mm-hmm. you know, different things in their life or just it just comes on. And I think that's interesting that there's so many different things that can. Bodies are cool. People Humans are cool. Are cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, before we do wrap up, though, I know I know Becca wanted to. And if, if you still want to, it's up to you um, because she has gone through this whole journey and knows that there's other people who are dealing with similar things. Um, she wanted to give out some contact information for anybody who Absolutely. maybe wanted to connect and, you know, share ideas and build on this. So yeah, go sure. ahead. Thank you. Um, so if you want to connect with me on Instagram, it's rm at RMT Becca Lemire, uh, B-E-C-C-A-L-E-M-I-R-E. And my website for my holistic Thai massage practice out of my home is rmtbecca.com. And if you have anything you want to reach out about, please feel free. I'd love to learn more about your journey. And, um, you know, I'm just kind of getting started in all of this. And I really appreciate you guys sharing your platform so generously. And um, I hope I didn't embarrass myself or ramble on too much or never, uh, never. say weird things that are not interesting. There's no such thing. You guys, you guys rock. I don't know how you guys find all the time in the day for everything that you're doing. <laughs> Mark's and, actually a robot. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just inspiring to see what you guys are doing and all of your colleagues and friends. And that's how I sort of got acquainted with the podcast was when I was in school and our, one of my teachers talked about it and um, I started listening. Awesome. Thank you, teacher. <laughs> right on. This was good. Thanks for coming by. Aw, thanks, guys. Right on. You guys have been listening to Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. Peace.